When one is about to take an inspiration, he is sure to make a previous expiration. When he is going to weaken another, he will first strengthen him. When he is going to overthrow another, he will first have raised him up. When he is going to despoil another, he will first have made gifts to him. This is called hiding the light of his procedure. The soft overcomes the hard, and the weak the strong. Fishes should not be taken from the deep. Instruments for the profit of a state should not be shown to the people. The Tao in its regular course does nothing for the sake of doing it, and so there is nothing which it does not do. If princes and kings were able to maintain it, all things would of themselves be transformed by them. If this transformation became to me an object of desire, I would express the desire by the nameless simplicity. Simplicity without a name is free from all external aim. With no desire at rest and still, all things go right as of their will. Those who possessed in highest degree the attributes of the Tao did not seek to show them, and therefore they possessed them in fullest measure. Those who possessed in a lower degree those attributes sought how not to lose them, and therefore they did not possess them in fullest measure. Those who possessed in the highest degree those attributes did nothing with a purpose, and had no need to do anything. Those who possessed them in a lower degree were always doing and had need to be so doing. Those who possessed the highest benevolence were always seeking to carry it out and had no need to be doing so. Those who possessed the highest righteousness were always seeking to carry it out and had need to be so doing. Those who possessed the highest sense of propriety were always seeking to show it. And when men did not respond to it, they bared the arm and marched up to them. Thus it was that when the Tao was lost, its attributes appeared. When its attributes were lost, benevolence appeared. When benevolence was lost, righteousness appeared. And when righteousness was lost, the proprieties appeared. Now propriety is the attenuated form of leal-heartedness and good faith, and is also the commencement of disorder. Swift apprehension is only a flower of the Tao, and is the beginning of stupidity. Thus it is that the great man abides by what is solid, and eschews what is flimsy, dwells with the fruit, and not with the flower. It is thus that he puts away the one, and makes choice of the other. The things which from of old have got the one, the Tao, are Heaven which by it is bright and pure, earth rendered thereby firm and sure, spirits with powers by it supplied, valleys kept full throughout their void, all creatures which through it do live princes and kings who from it get the model which to all they give. All these are the results of the one, Tao. If heaven were not thus pure, it soon would rend. If earth were not thus sure, twould break and bend. Without these powers, the spirit soon would fail. If not so filled, the drought would parch each veil. Without that life, creatures would pass away. Princes and kings, without that moral sway, however grand and high, would all decay. 
Thus it is that dignity finds its firm root in its previous meanness, and what is lofty finds its stability in the lowness from which it rises. Hence princes and kings call themselves orphans, men of small virtue, and as carriages without a knave. Is not this an acknowledgment that in their considering themselves mean they see the foundation of their dignity? So it is that in the enumeration of the different parts of a carriage we do not come on what makes it answer the ends of a carriage. They do not wish to show themselves elegant-looking as jade, but prefer to be coarse-looking as an ordinary stone. The movement of the Tao by contraries proceeds, and weakness marks the course of Tao's mighty deeds. All things under heaven sprang from it as existing and named. That existence sprang from it as non-existent and not named. Scholars of the highest class, when they hear about the Tao, earnestly carry it into practice. Scholars of the middle class, when they have heard about it, seem now to keep it and now to lose it. Scholars of the lowest class, when they have heard about it, laugh greatly at it. If it were not thus laughed at, it would not be fit to be the Tao. Therefore the sentence-makers have thus expressed themselves. The Tao, when brightest seen, seems light to lack. Who progress in it makes seems drawing back. Its even way is like a rugged track. Its highest virtue from the veil doth rise. Its greatest beauty seems to offend the eyes. And he has most whose lot the least supplies. Its firmest virtue seems but poor and low. Its solid truth seems changed to undergo. Its largest square doth yet no corner show. A vessel great, it is the slowest made. Loud is its sound, but never word it said. A semblance great the shadow of a shade. The Tao is hidden and has no name, but it is the Tao which is skillful at imparting to all things what they need and making them complete. The Tao produced one, one produced two, two produced three, three produced all things. All things leave behind them the obscurity out of which they have come, and go forward to embrace the brightness into which they have emerged, while they are harmonized by the breath of vacancy. What men dislike is to be orphans, to have little virtue, to be as carriages without knaves, and yet these are the designations which kings and princes use for themselves. So it is that some things are increased by being diminished and others are diminished by being increased. What other men thus teach, I also teach. The violent and strong do not die their natural death. I will make this the basis of my teaching. The softest thing in the world dashes against and overcomes the hardest. That which has no substantial existence enters where there is no crevice. I know hereby what advantage belongs to doing nothing, with a purpose. There are few in the world who attain to the teaching without words, and the advantage arising from non-action.
or fame or life, which do you hold more dear? Or life or wealth, to which would you adhere? Keep life and lose those other things. Keep them and lose your life, which brings sorrow and pain more near. Thus we may see who cleaves to fame rejects what is more great. Who loves large stores gives up the richer state. Who is content needs fear no shame. Who knows to stop incurs no blame. From danger free long live shall he. Who thinks his great achievements poor shall find his vigor long endure. Of greatest fullness deemed a void, exhaustion ne'er shall stem the tide. Do thou what straight still crooked deem, thy greatest art still stupid seem, and eloquence a stammering scream. Constant action overcomes cold, being still overcomes heat. Purity and stillness give the correct law to all under heaven. When the Tao prevails in the world, they send back their swift horses to draw the dung carts. When the Tao is disregarded in the world, the war horses breed in the borderlands. There is no guilt greater than to sanction ambition, no calamity greater than to be discontented with one's lot, no fault greater than the wish to be getting. Therefore the sufficiency of contentment is an enduring and unchanging sufficiency. Without going outside his door, one understands all that takes place. Under the sky, without looking out from his window, one sees the Tao of Heaven. The farther that one goes out from himself, the less he knows. Therefore the sages got their knowledge without traveling, gave their right names to things without seeing them, and accomplished their ends without any purpose of doing so. He who devotes himself to learning seeks from day to day to increase his knowledge. He who devotes himself to the Tao seeks from day to day to diminish his doing. He diminishes it and again diminishes it till he arrives at doing nothing on purpose. Having arrived at this point of non-action, there is nothing which he does not do. He who gets as his own all under heaven does so by giving himself no trouble with that end. If one take trouble with that end, he is not equal to getting as his own all under heaven. The sage has no invariable mind of his own. He makes the mind of the people his mind. To those who are good, to me I am good. And to those who are not good, to me I am also good. And thus all get to be good. To those who are sincere with me, I am sincere. And to those who are not sincere with me, I am also sincere. And thus all get to be sincere. The sage has in the world an appearance of indecision, and keeps his mind in a state of indifference to all. The people all keep their eyes and ears directed to him, and he deals with them all as his children. Men come forth and live, they enter, again, and die. 
Of every ten, three are ministers of life to themselves, and three are ministers of death. There are also three in every ten whose aim is to live, but whose movements tend to the land or place of death. And for what reason? Because of their excessive endeavors to perpetuate life. But I have heard that he who is skillful in managing the life entrusted to him for a time travels on the land without having to shun rhinoceros or tiger, and enters a host without having to avoid buff coat or sharp weapon. The rhinoceros finds no place in him into which to thrust its horn, nor the tiger a place in which to fix its claws, nor the weapon a place to admit its point. And for what reason? Because there is in him no place of death. All things are produced by the Tao, and nourished by its outflowing operation. They receive their forms according to the nature of each, and are completed according to the circumstances of their condition. Therefore all things without exception honor the Tao, and exalt its outflowing operation. This honoring of the Tao and exalting of its operation is not the result of any ordination, but always a spontaneous tribute. Thus it is that the Tao produces all things, nourishes them, brings them to their full growth, nurses them, completes them, matures them, maintains them, and overspreads them. It produces them and makes no claim to the possession of them. It carries them through their processes and does not vaunt its ability in doing so. It brings them to maturity and exercises no control over them. This is called its mysterious operation. The Tao, which originated all under the sky, is to be considered as the mother of them all. When the mother is found, we know what her children should be. When one knows that he is his mother's child, and proceeds to guard the qualities of the mother that belong to him to the end of his life, he will be free from all peril. Let him keep his mouth closed and shut up the portals of his nostrils, and all his life he will be exempt from laborious exertion. Let him keep his mouth open and spend his breath in the promotion of his affairs, and all his life there will be no safety for him. The perception of what is small is, the secret of clear-sightedness, the guarding of what is soft and tender is, the secret of strength. Who uses well his light, reverting to its source so bright, will from his body ward all blight, and hides the unchanging from men's sight.